Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here at Novacare Complex, where we just spoke with the coordinators, uh, Frank Wright and Jim Schwartz. And Matt, it's now been you know about two days since the Eagles clinched a spot in the Super Bowl. Um, we did our post-game pod from the from the link, the instant reaction pod. And at that point, I think it was still all kind of set, setting in. We had uh, just come from the locker room. Now we've had two days. And it's been a wild two days just because, you know, looking and seeing what the fans were doing after the game, setting up for this Super Bowl matchup. So two days out, how are you feeling about what's about to come over these next two weeks? Yeah, Elliot, I wrote right after the game that I don't think the Eagles have anything to fear in Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and the Patriots. And the more that I dive into the matchup and just kind of look ahead and look at the Patriots through their playoff games and what the Eagles have done in their two postseason games, I'm not giving away my pick because mm-hmm. we still have plenty of time to make our official selections. But Well, you I'm... could always change it. I mean, oh, right, I can do right to, till yeah, kickoff, right? If you want to adopt that rule yeah. this week, <laughs> right till kickoff, yes. Yeah. I'm actually fairly confident that the Eagles are going to go into Minnesota and beat the Patriots because the matchup that I think should have people salivating and people who bet on such things as Super Bowl MVPs, Zach Ertz against Patrick Chung is one where I think Ertz could have an absolute field day. I look at the pressure that the Eagles defensive line has put on Matt Ryan and put on Case Keenum and how much they've disrupted them in their two playoff games. And Tom Brady's obviously a completely different animal, but I think this is a really favorable matchup for the Eagles. And you and I talked about it all for the podcast. I actually thought the Eagles matched up better yeah. against the Patriots or the Jaguars than they did against Minnesota. And they you went up and put up 38 they, points. Yeah, and you said that before they beat the Vikings. Yep, so, yep. All right, so today, of course, is Hot Take Tuesday. We're going to read all the tweets, and we got a ton of them after that win uh, over the Vikings. So we're going to go through all your tweets, respond to them, answer a bunch of questions, and kind of let that drive the pod today. But as always, let's start off the podcast with a reminder that if you're listening to this on YouTube, we really appreciate it. We get a ton of YouTube listens every week, which is awesome to see. But one thing I wanted to say is I've been reading the comments on YouTube. and a few, No, it's good. People, <laughs> at, Well, this is funny, is we got a review um, someone left a review, and it was a five-star review, which I was happy about. And he said, stop, nice. stop begging for reviews. But you know what? We're going to beg for reviews. I love reading them. I like getting it. We want to get to 500. So there was a comment. A bunch of people are commenting on YouTube um, asking how they leave five stars. If you're listening on YouTube, you, you, don't, you can't leave a review there. Just give us a thumbs up. That would be the same thing. But we would really appreciate if you would subscribe. Um, so if you're listening, you can get, get us on uh, you know, all, all the podcast apps you use. Just search for the No Huddle Show. I'm sure it will be there. And once you do... 
leave those five stars because we do appreciate it. We read it. We love the feedback. And uh, we're going to have a bunch of things this week. So yep. the sooner you subscribe, it goes right to your podcast app. You can put it right in your phone and you can listen to it. So we have a bunch of questions people sent in. We're just going to kind of go back and forth. So, Matt, why don't you start it off? All right. We're going to start off with a question and a comment that came in from uh, Drinkwater SJ. I was so excited for the podcast to show up on YouTube right after the game last night, obviously on Sunday. You guys are awesome and love listening to your views on the Eagles. This win is awesome, but I hope people don't forget that Wentz is the reason we are here. And for a lot of reasons, that's absolutely true. And Carson right. Wentz got this team. Um, they rattled off nine straight wins after losing to Kansas City. He was legitimately an MVP candidate. I had him in the top two of my quarterback power rankings every week, starting at about week five or six the rest of the way. But, Elliot, I tweeted this at halftime and caught a little bit of heat from Eagles fans when I said Carson Wentz who based on Nick Foles' performance and Carson Wentz absolutely is a marquee reason why the Eagles got to the NFC Championship game but Foles' numbers 26 of 33 352 three touchdowns along of 53 and a passer rating of 141.4 I don't think that Carson Wentz would would have or could have played any better than Nick Foles played against the Vikings and especially against the number one defense so he couldn't have played better Right. And I think there were a lot of plays that Foles made in that game that were very reminiscent of Wentz. I mean, I his touchdown, his 53-yard touchdown now, Sean Jeffrey, looked like, Foles looked like Wentz on that play. And I said on the postgame pod, the way he stood in the pocket and uh, you know kept his eyes down the field. But Frank Reich said uh, on Tuesday when he was speaking at the podium that when the game was you know kind of already in control, it was clear the Eagles were going to win, Frank Reich went up to Wentz and said, look, you know, just kind of reminded him of the impact he had in this moment and making it happen. And it's absolutely true because that's a mid- sign of a great coach, by the way. It is. would take the time out of a game to go up and do that to Carson. Yeah. And I got to say, like, I always thought Filippo would be the better coaching candidate. And I still do think that. But if I'm another team, I'm certainly looking at Frank Reich. At this point, it seems like that's not going to happen this offseason. Not many I, jobs I, yeah, out there. I, yeah. I think they're all filled now. But um, if I'm another team, I would think about it. But Frank Reich, um, said that today and and it's true because as soon as the Eagles found out they were matched up against the Vikings I said all right Eagles are winning this game no doubt that game's in Minnesota I'm not so sure the Eagles win I mean we've been you know we've been at basically every Eagles home game for the past four or five years and I've never seen a crowd impact the game that way and I'm not just saying that to sound like cliche or whatever and to sound like some old sports writer but it really is true like the way that the way the Eagles team feeds off of the crowd, you can see that it was the difference in that game. And the yep. Foles played well, and you know they won by so much. Who knows what would have happened? But I, I think in Minnesota, I wouldn't have picked them to win. So, yeah. And that game is in Philadelphia because of what Carson Wentz and did. No doubt, no doubt. And the one other play that I want to point out, and if you go right now to nj.com slash Eagles, um, Frank Reich was really good on Tuesday at the podium, kind of giving the behind the scenes of the 41-yard flea flicker from Nick Foles to Torrey Smith, where, you know, you think about it, it wasn't a great pitch back from Corey Clement. It was a little bit high, and Foles rifled an absolute dart into the tightest window imaginable between two defenders, two diving Torrey Smith for that 41-yard score. Number one, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson and the aggressiveness there. Mm-hmm. They're up 24-7, to and I talked to my dad a lot about this last night. I mean, he's been an Eagles fan his entire life, and he made the comparison of he hopes that Doug Peterson doesn't morph into Andy Reid against Bill Belichick, and I don't think that that's going to happen. I mean, you nope. talk about being up 24-7, to and it's your first drive of the third quarter, and you're going for the jugular. That's all on Doug Peterson for the aggressiveness, but just when you think about Nick Foles' contribution on on that play, Elliot. You talk about the Alshon Jeffrey play looking like something that Carson Wentz would have and could have done. Right. 
I didn't know that Nick Foles had that kind of throw on the flea flicker in him. I mean, that was it was the perfect throw, good ball throw. placement, great throw down the field. So I think that Nick Foles, while you certainly tip the hat to Carson Wentz for getting them here, mm-hmm. don't take anything away from Nick Foles getting the Eagles into the Super Bowl by what he's done yeah, in the two playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. Games. I mean, he's going to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated this week. Yep. I'm not sure how fans feel about that in regards to the curse. But no, no doubt that Wentz played a huge role. But you're right. I mean, Foles... Any question that he's able to throw this team to a win can be put away because he did that against the yep. Vikings. So the next question comes from AU Tiger eight eight twenty. Did Brandon Brooks get hurt in the second half? Will be big if he can't go in two weeks. So we haven't had a chance to meet with the players yet this week. Um, Frank Reich didn't mention any injury to, to Brooks, and Peterson didn't either. So I'd imagine he's fine. And again, this is something you're going to hear a lot of these next two weeks, especially when it comes to Gronk's concussion, Brady's hand, uh, any you know. Darnell, Darnell Ellerby's hamstring. Uh, this is the Super Bowl. If, unless you're in a cast right. or you're you're rocking a cane like Carson Wentz, you're playing in that game. So if Brandon Brooks isn't 100%, that is going to be a slight issue. But to be honest, and we'll do this more in the X's nose matchups, the Patriots defense isn't really anything special. So it's not like you're going against that Vikings defensive line or, or anything like that. But yeah, you would want Brooks at, at 100%, and it would be big news if he couldn't, but he'll be playing. If he weeks. can't play and you're forced to throw in Isaac Sayamalu or Chance Warmack, that that's an abject disaster. Because the Eagles have the number one offensive line in football. And I think that when you look at what the Eagles did on Sunday night against the Vikings, while we certainly have every right in the world to praise Nick Foles and and obviously point out the fact that that was one of the greatest quarterback postseason performances you're ever going to see, Mm -hmm. I don't know that it happens without the offensive line playing as well as they did. They got to the second level early and often. I mean, hello, Pulavidi Vitae made Everson Griffin completely irrelevant in that game. Lane Johnson played well. Jason. And Kelsey played well. Another great game from Stefan Wisniewski. If Brooks can't go against the front seven of the Vikings, uh, that that changes things completely for me. But I think you're right. I think that unless he's walking around with a torn ACL or he's right. in a cast, I think there's a really good chance Brandon Brooks plays in the game. Um, let's move on to at Michael R12206. He says, just a fun question. If Nick wins the Super Bowl, would there be a quarterback controversy next year? Well, Ha-ha. this is the perfect time to bring up what we were talking you about. You talked about before this the... before the pod. All right, so I'm going to throw this out here. Okay. Okay. First of all, let's answer this question. No, there would not be a quarterback controversy. Carson Wentz well, is the quarterback. It depends how you define quarterback controversy. Like the Eagles, the Eagles will not be making a switch to Nick Foles. Right. So, so that that's way, there's the no quarterback controversy. controversy right. But will people talk about it? I mean, look, like if the guy wins the Super Bowl and he throws four touchdowns against the Patriots, I'm not saying people will say you stick with. You stick with Foles. No, there's no quarterback no, controversy. No, there's not. I know the rabbit hole you're trying to dive into no, no, here. No, no. I'm, no I, I know there's not, <laughs> but I'm saying we both – I mean, you were in sports talk radio. Yep, we both yep. listened to it. You're telling me people won't be calling up and saying – you know what? Like, we, uh, like well, yeah, fan, fans might, you know, well, uh, Joe from Fishtown. That's where a controversy comes from. Uh, a quarterback controversy, in my opinion, comes from a head coach waffling on a decision yeah, or true. a team. Yeah, true, and he won't do that. But, no. they mean, look, and we're looking really far ahead. Set the this, table to the, what you wanted to ask. Right, okay, this, so, is, this is the time. Put it on so the table the right now. Here's the question. If, the, if Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, where does he rank among all-time Eagles quarterbacks and is – should he go down as maybe the best Eagles quarterback of all time? And here, I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying this would be the argument. A, he won a Super Bowl. Okay. B, his jersey's in the Hall of Fame. Okay. He had the 27-2 and two season. Okay, I agree with he'll two be, or three. He'll, you know, will have been to as many Super Bowls as McNabb. And he's uh, got the Pro Bowl MVP. So there you go. But <laughs> Okay, Frank Reich. <laughs> all right, but where does where would he rank, though? You know, if he 
wins the Super Bowl, he's probably... I mean, there's not been a lot of good quarterbacks. There's no. McNabb, Jaworski. I mean, seriously, Michael Vick and Sam Bradford are among, like... Randall Cunningham. Yeah, you Randall can go Cunningham. all the way back to uh, Norm Kev- Van Brocklin. Kev- Kevin way Cobb. back. <laughs> Kevin Cobb. I- I'd say that if Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, he's, number one, the most accomplished quarterback, you can say, because he's the only one to win the Super Bowl. But in right. terms of best or quote-unquote greatest... He's probably third or fourth. And Which is crazy to think. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd still have to go. <laughs> right, you'd still have to go McNabb. You'd still have to go Cunningham. You'd still have to go Jaworski. And I think he slot Foles somewhere in there. And I think the two things that put him even in that conversation would be the Super Bowl win, doing it as a backup quarterback, right. and the 27-2 and two season. Yeah. I mean, so you'd put him ahead of Wentz then. So you're, you're you're gonna like <laughs> so you're gonna twist whatever I say this and throw it into your, a Twitter meme. This is gonna meme. be your Khalil Mack moment. No, two point No, I don't yeah. think that he'd be better. I mean, look, you would still need to see more from Carson Wentz, right? We saw him for one season. He's obviously a, a controversy coming. He's already <laughs> a better quarterback than Nick Foles is. But if you're telling me to right. rank him, if he wins the Super Bowl just for February fourth through whatever Carson Wentz does next year, I guess maybe you got to put him above. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they win, it'll be fun to debate. Yeah. And I don't think there'll be a controversy, but people, will, some people will want it for sure. Um, so these next two are kind of grouped in a little bit. Uh, so I'll, I'll read them. At Dr. Seuss1182. Love Dr. Seuss. There you go. Said, you can't be any prouder than what we are what we are about this team one more time. And then third and one said, the most emotional week and night of my life. So proud to call the city home. And again, we talked about it on the postgame pod. I I think this is obviously a great moment for Eagles fans, but there's something about the fact that they're doing it with Foles. Not that it makes it better, but I think people are uh, a little more excited just because no one actually – like when Wentz was here and he was winning, I think people expected it, and it would have been a little different when they beat the Vikings. It would have been exciting, and I think people would view this as a better team, but I'm not so sure people would relate to it as much. I think now it's turned into a defensive team uh, with an underdog-type quarterback, under underdog head coach, and you really can tell that the city is attaching this team like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, the only thing I can think of is the 01 exactly. Sixers. Yep. I yep. mean, the, even the 04 Eagles, I think, were, were, were very different. I think that 04 Eagles team was kind of like you finally got over the hump because yeah. it had been four straight NFC championship losses, uh, for, well, appearances and, and the losses, then you finally break through and go to the Super Bowl. But you went and you signed... Terrell Owens and you signed Javon Curse on the first day of free agency to go to the Super Bowl right. and win it. That was your Pete Rose 1980 Phillies put you over the top moment. Whereas I think that even when Carson Wentz was here, yes, the Eagles were front runners, but it's because of what the quarterback was doing and this team kind of starting to come together. But they, they've gelled like nothing I've ever been a part of from a team chemistry standpoint, from a, a rallying cry around yep. being underdogs through the playoff standpoint. And I think that when you put everything together and you look at Nick Foles being the quarterback of this team in the postseason and now appearing in a Super Bowl. Elliot, it's the ultimate Philadelphia underdog story. And I think mm. that you can draw more parallels to that 0-1 Sixers team than you can to that 0-4 Eagles team. Because if you think back to 0-1, yes, the Sixers went out of the gates. I think there was something like 30-4 and four to start the right. season, if I remember. It was an unbelievable start. Then Theo, Theo Ratliff gets hurt. Then you trade for Dikembe Mutombo. But even going into that NBA Finals, it was still Shaquille O'Neal. It was still Kobe Bryant. It was Similar still the fact the that... Yeah, exactly. It was still the fact that the Lakers were the more talented team. They hadn't lost in the playoffs until they lost game one of the finals to the Sixers. And I think that that similarity between 
that Sixers team and this Eagles team and that Lakers team and this Patriot team is really similar. Eagles fans are obviously hoping that the script is flipped right. and this Philadelphia underdog story ends in a parade. Yep. I, so I agree. I think it's definitely, it's going to be a fun two weeks. No um, doubt. For sure. You could already see it just in the amount of, you know, people that are reading stories every day. There, there's a ton of interest. So let's get to the next one. This one's a little more football related. Yep. Uh, uh, at Adam, I guess no. Adamson 96. Nah, we're, we are skipping. M. M. Oh, okay. Wilburn, M. Milburn 25. 25. Yep. M. Wilburn 25. Corey Clement looked good. I think they try him in deeper passes instead of short passes. I think the Vikings were gassed by the second half. They really couldn't keep up. The snap counts were high this season, but holy crap. Um, yeah, I don't know that you're going to send Corey Clement deep. I think the part right. of what makes Corey Clement a dangerous running back for this team is, A, he's kind of a change of pace back from Jay Ajayi from LeGarrette Blunt, who are both really physical, hard, right. downhill, aggressive runners. Clement's a little bit faster, a little bit shiftier. And coming out of the backfield, catching screens, he did a nice job of that in Wisconsin, has shown that he can do a nice job of it with the Eagles. So I think that maybe you mix him into the game plan a little more against the Patriots, Elliot, but I don't think they're going to line him up outside and say, go run a so, nine route anytime. I, I will say that from what I've kind of like gathered about the Patriots so far, just from talking to different people, and you saw it against the ja- against the Jaguars, is they are very susceptible to wheel routes from running backs. Their linebackers are slow. Yep. And Corey Clement might be the best pass catching option the Eagles have out of the backfield. I agree. Um, I mean, Blunt c- can do it, but he, you know, he's he's never really been a consistent pass catcher. Jay Ajayi, I think his hands are a little questionable at times. Corey Clement, a guy that coming out of Wisconsin, people didn't talk about as a pass catcher. But uh, I think that um, he he could really be in to, to have a big game against the Patriots. And he's a guy that, first of all, New Jersey native playing in the Super Bowl. But he's a guy that every time the Eagles have asked him to do something this year, and you know he hasn't been asked to carry the ball 30 times a game, but every time they've asked him to do something, whether it be a third and short, uh, pass protect, catch a pass in the flat. I mean, the third down play he made against the uh the Vikings, where he caught on third and six, made a guy missed and gained eight yards, was huge. So I do think he actually could be in for a big game. Um, again, they're not going to split him out wide, but right. coming out of the backfield, I think he could be pretty uh, pretty successful against the Patriots. And, and I agree that getting him involved in wheel routes and exploiting that matchup and maybe getting him isolated in space against Rodney Harrison or uh, or James Harrison, rather, right. or, or another linebacker would be one that you'd want to you know target. But I don't think that he's equipped, and I think that what we saw out of Torrey Smith the other night shows you that you're you're good enough at that spot that you don't need to put Corey Clement as a wide receiver outside. Agreed. All right, so the next one, um, I'll take this one. Adam, Adam named Sun 96. Eagles dominate the Pats in Super Bowl just like we did tonight with the Vikings. So clearly this was a tweet sent in the uh, emotions of the win afterwards. Yep. Um, so, I mean, maybe there's a good chance to talk about the, the point spread. So we've seen it in terms of just if the Eagles win, how much it would be by, or right. what, what would, what would constitute a successful game against the Patriots? So I've seen it anywhere from five and a half to six, six and a half around there. And, uh, you know, this is the first time that I think it's the first time that a team has been favored by this much since the Steelers were favored by seven points over the Cardinals. So it's been a while, obviously. Um, what would you kind of label as obviously they want to win the game but um i mean what i mean it's not going to be 34 to 7 no i I think they're i think they have a good chance to win the game like i said and i think that um the one thing about the patriots and we can talk about all the favorable matchups we want and i think that there are a lot of them you know on the eagles side of the ledger 
don't score too quickly in the fourth quarter. I mean, you have to be up by at least 11 points with 10 minutes to go right. in the fourth quarter and try to make sure you have the ball last if you want uh-huh. to beat the Patriots. That's kind of what the Jaguars learned firsthand in the AFC Championship game. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think there's much of an argument against that at this point, particularly if he goes out and wins um, another Super Bowl. That will be six for him on Sunday. So um, have the ball last, win the football game. But if you want to talk about moral victories, I mean – don't blow a twenty-eight to three lead right. in the third quarter like and the Falcons did. I was right? thinking about this coming um coming to the Novacare today, having been in the stadium and seeing like Tom Brady fall behind twenty-eight to three last year to the Falcons. Again, it it kind of factors in what you were talking about at the beginning. Why you think they have a good chance to win? The the Patriots have really fallen behind a lot recently. I mean, outside of their uh, their win over the Titans, I mean, the Titans were just completely outmatched. The Falcons were up on them big. The Jaguars were up on them big. And it'll be really interesting to see if the Eagles do get up on them big. I mean, Doug is a very aggressive head coach. That's how he coaches. He's not one to take his uh, foot off the pedal. And I'm not you mean, sure. not like Doug Marone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, I mean, and Dan Quinn last year. Yeah. And, um, but – how do you, I mean, if the Eagles do get a big lead on this Patriots team, which I wouldn't be super surprised by, but at the same time, I think the fact that the Patriots have so much experience playing in Super Bowl, and it didn't matter last right. year against the Falcons, but um, I, I'm very interested to see how the Eagles come out. Well, I think that game. it would be exactly like we saw against the Vikings, and this is where I think that Doug Peterson is a great asset. I mean, just go back to the Flea Flicker. They're up 24-7. to It's the first drive of the second half. It's first and 10, by the way. That wasn't a third down play call where you're trying to make something happen out of desperation. Doug Peterson calls a a flea flicker for the first time all season, airs it out for a touchdown. And I think that if the Eagles find themselves up 17 to three or 24 to 10, they're not running out the ball and trying to salt out the the clock. I think that they've seen the Patriots enough and there's enough recent history in in the playoffs against the Jaguars and late in the regular season that if you, you know, go into conservative grind out the, the win mode, you're going to lose. And I think that Doug Peterson is the perfect coach with the perfect temperament to beat Belichick, especially late in the game. Yeah, But I think there's a little bit of a balance that has to be had because I mean, some of the stuff that Doug does like going for it on fourth down, I mean, can you imagine what it'll feel like in that stadium if the Eagles are up three you know a few minutes to go fourth and two on the Patriots 45 yard line or something like that I mean I can't wait to write that column one yeah, way or the other I right mean, like look there's going to be some tough decisions here to be made by Doug and that that's if they have the lead if yep. they're going for it I mean I think Doug you know we'll see but I think there's got to be a fine line and I agree with your point about the teams that have lost to the Patriots or teams that have taken their foot off the pedal and you don't want to do that but I do think there is a th- a fine line between that and being reckless and at times Doug has been reckless this year in my opinion I mean even I, I don't know Wait, but even I against mean, even against the Falcons where that was where he looked like he was going to go for it yeah. from like the five yard line when they were up two no, and I agree. then he used the timeout I mean again rather like, than take a, a five yard penalty right. preserve the and and, and yeah. I'm not I'm, I mean look we both said we think Doug's probably coach of the year I'm just saying that there are moments in in tight games this year where Doug has either gone for it in a risky situation or looked like he was gonna and it's cost his team a timeout and on and the, it's a Super Bowl and, and everything's the, gonna be scrutinized well well it's not just everything's gonna be scrutinized I mean imagine the pressure Doug's gonna yeah. feel I mean they can say all they want but it's a huge advantage for the Patriots that they have. It doesn't matter all the Super Bowls they've won. What matters is they have a ton of Super Bowl experience. I mean, they're used to the stage. They're used to the longer halftime. They're used to the two weeks beforehand. They're used to game day. They're used to all the hoopla. And that's a really, really, 
really big advantage for them. I agree. Even though I think the Eagles match up really well, I do think that's a big advantage. It'll be really interesting to see how Doug handles the uh, pressure and the the big stage. Yep. Uh, next one comes in from Big Dog Five Eleven B. Uh, Eagles win twenty four to twenty one. Brady announces his retirement on the field after the loss. There we go. Um, I think that's a reasonable <laughs> score prediction, but um, I, I had a friend of mine throw this out there to me, um, Ryan Messick. He used to be in the business and worked for um, ESPN Radio down in Atlantic City and Sirius XM, a couple other places. Um, I'll throw it at you. If the Patriots win the Super Bowl, yeah, does Tom Brady retire? I think there's a chance. I agree, and I think that you know if they lose this game and the Eagles beat them, I don't think that Brady could stomach going no. out as a Super Bowl loser. But I think that if he wins the Super Bowl, that would be, I believe, Super Bowl Although, number six. I mean, they just traded away Garoppolo. I'm sure they did that with some type of. I mean, it depends how much you believe the right. ESPN story. Right. Um. And, and I just wonder that if he go, if they win, if this is his, his John Elway, you know, right off into the sunset moment. Right. Could 41 be. years of age, about to Certainly be. Certainly not going to be the ending Eagles fans. Well. No, it's, it would not be, but I think that they might, you know, yeah, not yeah, be too thrilled. But I think not. there's a chance that Brady could could step away, but we'll see. All right, next one, at Tom30London. How big is it for the Eagles and Doug Peterson having Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt on the team to provide insight into how the Patriots, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick operate during Super Bowl 52? I'll let you take this one because I know you've written about that already and talked to both Chris Long and LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, ta- I wrote about it at NJ.com slash Eagles on Tuesday morning, and I talked to LeGarrette Blunt and Chris Long about it after the game. Um, publicly, Doug Peterson said on Monday that you know he doesn't really ask those sort of probing questions, and I think that that's just Doug putting a yeah, public spin saying, on it. Right. If I'm Doug Peterson, I'm setting those two down in a meeting, and I'm asking Chris Long, okay, tell me about how the Patriots game plan for opposing quarterbacks. Tell me about, you know, what to expect from Bill Belichick's game plan for front seven looks, you know, different disguises they might throw out right. there. And I'm going to go to LeGarrette Blount, and I'm going to say, you know, tell me Tom Brady's tendencies. What what makes you think that he's going to have a run play versus a pass play on certain play designs? You know, what are, you know, things that make Brady the most uncomfortable? What type of pressures get him after the most because you can see all that on film but it's another thing to get actual yeah, I mean, blunt, recon blunt and, i mean look every year game plan every year playbooks change yep but blunt and long literally know knew the playbook last inside year. and out right yeah. <laughs> so i think it's absolutely it, it could be huge and again i agree doug saying that isn't necessarily what he's going to do um chris long i asked him about it after the game and you know he's going to say he respects the patriots and all that i'm sure he does and i think chris long's breakup from the Patriots was a little different yep. um he played really well for them last year had a big super bowl um i believe he got the pressure that put the falcons back um out of field goal range late in the game he, and he had, just wanted to go and play four three defensive yeah end and i think they split on good terms yep. blunt, blunt on the other hand i'm not saying he hates the patriots and he's always said nice things about him but here's a guy that had a career year for the Patriots last year. They let him go into free agency. They let him just kind of sit around there for a while. I mean, the Eagles signed him pretty late in, in, in the free agency game. Um, so I'd imagine he probably has a little more hard of feelings yeah. against the Patriots. And I asked than... him about it after the game, and I, I said to him point blank, I said, look, I talked to Jay Ajayi after the Falcon game, and he said that you know his redemption is going to be winning the Super Bowl, and he feels like you know that's his redemption story for what the Dolphins mm-hmm. did to him. And Blunt said, well, what redemption do I need? I'm about to go into a game, a Super Bowl game, that the Patriots are going to. It's the same right. game. They're just another opponent. So whether or not he actually believes that or not. I was going to say, but it's 
still, I mean, I think if, if I him. if I'm blunt, that's gnawing at me that I didn't even get an offer and yeah. that I sat around until I believe it was early April to sign with the Eagles for what was pretty much a veteran minimum contract, if I remember. Right, and I mean, look, like Legarrette Blunt won, I think, two Super Bowls with the Patriots, at least one, obviously, and he's had a, he's had a good career with them when he's been there. But this is human nature. I mean, this is this is a team that that put you out without a job, basic. I mean. Definitely without a job. He, he had no income when the, when the Patriots didn't re-sign him. So I don't see there's any way you don't take that personally. So we have one last one here, and it's one we should have brought up earlier. But if you want to read it, fits right into my uh, Foles narrative. Oh, yeah. Um, from <laughs> PJ Kelly, 21-24, if Foles wins the Super Bowl and is named Super Bowl MVP, bringing the first Super Bowl championship to Philly, any chance the number nine is retired? I'm going to say flat out yes. Yeah. I think you retire it. Yeah. The guy wins a Super Bowl, your first Super Bowl. He wins Super Bowl MVP. If, if you're that's holding, his number. I mean, yeah. You can say whatever you want. At that point, that's his number. Yeah, I, I think that there's a good chance it ends up getting retired. Um, <laughs> Which is wild to say, considering two weeks ago we didn't even think they would win a game, and now we're talking about them retiring his number. And people are going to listen to this and say that's crazy, but the guy won you a Super Bowl. He's Super Bowl MVP. Considering that they haven't given out number 25 because they're waiting to retire LaShawn McCoy's number. Right. If Nick Foles wins a Super Bowl, he is immensely more deserving of his number being retired is than LaShawn McCoy or anybody the else. first career backup to have a number retired? Oh, we'd have to look that up, been, right? I mean, I mean, at least in the Eagles. Is Hostetler's number retired with the, the Giants? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to look that up, but... Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd probably put it in the rafters if... I think you have to. Yeah. And it sounds silly because the guy's a career backup and isn't, you know, one of the more amazing players to ever walk through. I mean, I guess he is the best quarterback of all time. I'll go but... a step further. <laughs> I'll go a step further. Uh, if here we if go. he wins the Super Bowl over Brady and Belichick, he has a statue? season... Well, no, no, no. I'm going to oh, okay. go further. 27-2 and two in 2013. Are we talking about 10 years from now, Nick no, Foles being in no. the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. No. Okay. And look, I'm willing to go pretty okay. far, but he would, I mean, the guy will have how many career passing yards? Yeah, not enough. <laughs> not enough. I mean, you know, look, there's a lot of guys that haven't won, that have won Super Bowls. I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won yeah. a Super Bowl. But this is Philadelphia. I think it's a little different um, in he terms of retiring the, the number. Yeah, I mean, look. The Eagles have never won a Super Bowl, so if he Ron Jaworski's in the Eagles Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, I mean John Gruden with the Buccaneers gets brought back all the time. How much success did he have <laughs> outside of winning that one? I mean, not very much. So, Mister Hundred Million Dollar Man. Yeah, you win a Super Bowl, everything changes. So, all right, I think now we should stop. Now that we're talking about Nick Foles potentially being in the Hall of Fame, one I think more that's, that, that's one the more cue. that I want to get to. There's one more that came in today. Oh, this is off script. I don't have it. It is one. off script. It's from. Uh, West Free West 1114, he said, uh, Vitae played great against elite Everson Griffin. Can we expect the same out of him in the Super Bowl against a lackluster Patriots defensive line? Love the show. I'm a huge Eagles fan from Florida. And I just wanted to get this one in there because I've been as critical of Halapulavidi Vitae as anybody, and I thought that at times he was a liability along the offensive line. Um, I thought against Everson Griffin, he looked like Jason Peters out there. I thought he played as well as you could ask any left tackle to play against Griffin or anybody else and he looked great against the Falcons as well Vitae has tremendously benefited from Wisniewski being back when he can actually just focus on covering the gaps that he's responsible for and not you know making up for the shortcomings of Chance Warmack or Isaac Sayamalu and I think that the performance of Vitae through these playoffs assuming you bring Wisniewski back or you draft a guard I think that Vitae has now played well enough that you don't need to force feed picking an offensive tackle in the first round 
Yeah, and I mean, look, we'll have a lot to talk about in the post in in the off season once this season's over. But the decision you make with Jason Peters at this point is an interesting one, just on a number of levels. Yeah. I mean, you saw when Lane Johnson carried that jersey out of the tunnel, how much he means to this team. Uh, they just gave him an extension. Uh, there'd be a lot of dead money if they cut him. But I mean. I'm not saying, you know, it's it'd be like a travesty to send Vitae to the bench, but what you need is a young tackle, and yeah. here he is right here playing well. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, it's definitely an interesting discussion. Um, we'll have that after the season. So we talked about what you do with Vitae next year, Foles in the Hall of Fame, and if he's the best quarterback of all time. So I think this was officially the hot take pod we've been waiting for. We yes. are in our zone right now. We're all in Super Bowl mode. So these next few days, we're going to have at least one more from you where we're going to do a podcast with Mark Eckel, bring our old friend back, talk to him about, you know, the big, big picture stuff of the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl. He covered the team when they were there in 2004. He's probably, I mean, him or Ray Dittinger have covered the most Eagles games ever in the history of this franchise. So he's definitely going to have a ton. And I, we both keep in touch with them and he definitely has some opinions on this team and all that. So that'll be good. And then we might have one more for you as well. Still working out some stuff, but as we, as we started the podcast off with, thanks to everyone for listening, whether it's on YouTube or the podcast app, throw us that thumbs up, throw us that five star review. We're at 440 last time I looked, so 60 away from from our, our goal of 500. We got to hit it before the uh, before the end of the season. Before so, we get on the plane on uh, Sunday, we should yeah, hopefully hit it. Exactly. So, all right. So we will be back later in the week, um, Matt. I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you then.